Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome, Kobe. How's your day going? Yeah, good. How are you, Karina? Very well. Thank you. Really looking forward to today's chat. So why don't we find out a little bit more about yourself and how would you best describe you? I would describe myself as quite a flexible, caring person. I like to always look on the bright side of things when I can and like to look at the glass half full rather than half empty. And from a very young age, I've always loved working with children because they bring lots of joy and fun into life every day. So yeah, that's how I best describe myself. Sensational. And what's been your career journey to date? Tell us a little about your story. So from a young age, like I said, I've always loved working with children. I've always done, I've worked in respite care for quite a few years with children with disabilities before I started my career as a speech therapist. And I worked in private practice as a speech therapist for about nine years until recently where I'm still working privately as a speech pathologist, but I'm also starting my journey working, starting Toy Cycle which is a toy rental subscription service, which I started very recently. Very exciting. And we'll get into that because we'll understand a little bit more about how toys and speech actually get integrated and, and the impacts of that. So just to think about from a speech perspective, do you have some tips for supporting a child's language development? Because I actually never realised how much goes into this until actually a good friend of mine from Mother's Group, who's also a speech therapist, really brought it to my attention. And there's so much that speech can impact, in, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's so many tips that you don't know if your kid like you know, my child, my youngest is about to turn one and I don't know if he's on the right track of speech and he's at the moment saying dad, dad, dad and mum, mum, mum. But yeah, how can we support our kids in our child's speech development? Yeah, for sure. So I guess when people hear speech therapy, most of the time they think of, oh, has my child got a lisp or do they stutter? Or like, are they pronouncing this sound incorrectly? But yeah, it is, like you said, it is a lot more than that. Speech therapists, We specialize in communication, whether that is speech sounds or whether it's language or whether it's, you know, stuttering or literacy difficulties. So in terms of language, there's two parts to language. There's receptive language, which is a child's understanding. And then there's the expressive language. So how a child uses their grammar and their vocabulary and sentences to express themselves. So from a very, very young age, from the moment a child I guess it's even in your stomach and they can hear you speaking. Their, their receptive language, their understanding is growing and growing and growing until they can start speaking at that, around the age of one. So before they even say their first word, they can understand a significant amount of words. But from the age of one, they do start around the age of one, they start to say single words. And then from 18 to 24 months, they start to put words together And there are so many different guidelines out there about what your child should be doing. And it can be very overwhelming for parents. And I guess from my point of view, yes, those guidelines are important, but it's important not to just go by the book. Like it's important. There is some, there is some room for, you don't have to go exactly by a couple of months late with something. No need to stress out too much. It's always important to seek the advice of a speech therapist before. Yeah before jumping to any conclusions. 
Is there one way or is a few hints and tips that we can do and support our child's language development, even from a very young age? Like I've seen some people, you know, saying don't talk and say a baby voice or use full, even talk to a baby in normal language just so they can start picking off on, I guess, their sponges. But what can we try and do to support our child's development? And I guess at different stages as well. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, a lot of parents do take like simplify their language too much. So it's actually an incorrect model for their child. So for example, if you're saying go to the toilet, you know, a parent might say instead, go to toilet. And they're they're using incorrect grammar, which is actually, it sounds like you're using more simple language for your child, but really you're teaching them the wrong thing. So yes, it's important to simplify your language into shorter sentences, but not to use incorrect grammar. So that's a really important one. Another thing I would say is come down to your child's level when you're using language, like don't use words that are too complex for them and don't use, you know, really complex, long sentences using short sentences with language that is at their level appropriate for their age is really important. And making time for reading is probably one of the most important things to do from a very young age. Even if your child isn't talking yet, it's important for them to hear a range of vocabulary, both in conversation and when looking at pictures with you. And one thing I'd really stress, I find when I see a lot of parents at the clinic it's very tempting to just read the words on a page of a book. So rather than just reading the words on the page, it's important to talk about the pictures as well. And rather than just hearing the sounds of your voice reading the words, that's something I would recommend. Yeah. Great tips. Great tips. And there's some common communication difficulties that you see that people may be able to recognise in their children Or is it just like that's almost asking how long is a piece of string? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, common communication difficulties and what to look out for. So I guess it depends on what age. At every age you expect different different things with children understanding and expression. But what I would suggest is if you do, if you're looking at your child and you feel like they are behind, early intervention is really important. So I would seek the advice of a speech pathologist as soon as you can just to get that peace of mind because often if you do leave it to to, too late it can be really hard to catch them up later on so I would recommend yeah getting onto a speech pathologist as soon as possible but also yeah I do as part of toy cycle I do offer a 15 minute free consult as well so if parents are interested happy to to answer anyone's questions if they need Fantastic. And also one thing that I never realised, how much speech can actually relate to a child's eating as well. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. that the interplay of, of speech and I guess using your mouth has such a big role in other areas of your life. So I know there's a lot of parents that may get frustrated of maybe their child not communicating and thing, or eating but there's so much the role that a speech therapist can do that is more as what you said. It's not just about lisps and stutters. A hundred percent. Yeah, I do specialize in feeding as well. And I guess from when a child's born and they breastfeed, that from that moment, they're already developing the muscles in their mouth, whether it is the tongue muscles or the cheek muscles or, you know, around the lips. And if those muscles develop from that early age, it can affect, it can affect speech production of sounds later on. 
So they're very intertwined, feeding and speech production. So, yeah, often I, I have kids come into the clinic and they present with a feeding difficulty. That, and I do I look at their mouth and they have difficulty, you know, moving it in a certain way. And then they often at the same time will have difficulty with speech sound production. So they're very closely intertwined. Yeah. And then as parents, we, you know, working parents particularly, you want to do so much for your kids. You're like, right, I've got guilt because I'm not spending enough time with them. I'm going to buy them all these toys. I'm going to give them all these activities. But when really that's as parents, probably not always what the best thing or even what the child may be needing, sometimes even a less is more approach. And also, I guess when we're playing with our kids about having quality time over quantity, similar in the the respect of, of toys, but how can we really support and what advice do you have for parents about having that role of play with their kids? and actually, you know, spending quality time with them. And then as what you've got with Toy Cycle, using toys to help facilitate that play. Yeah, 100%. So I think with parents, especially in these modern times, parents are trying to be, you know, they're trying to be the working mum and they're trying to be, you know, the parent. And they try to take on so many roles, which is great. However, after a long day of work, it can be really hard to come home and have that energy to play with your children. So for those parents that struggle to find the time, it's important to find a time in your day, almost like brushing your teeth or eating dinner, like schedule time in your day to play with your child. And a time of the day that I find really helpful is bath time, a time that you're already spending with your child anyway, and using toys, toys in the bath to work on their understanding, following instructions, their vocabulary development. You know, it's a time you already spend with your child. So if you are time poor, that's a great, a great time to work, to play with them. Yeah. And I think it's just so important. Parents can overthink what they're doing with their child in terms of play. And it's important just to have fun with your child at the end of the day. There's no right or wrong when it comes to interacting with your child. Just you know, your child isn't judging you. They're a child. You can do whatever and they won't they won't think anything of it. So it's important to just relax and, yeah, have fun. I think it can be quite overwhelming. You see even on Instagram all the Montessori ideas and people have set up all these play and things like that. I even know in myself, I find it, that actually stresses me out and I find it so overwhelming because I don't like have... Like all, all these super mums out there. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't have the time. I don't, and also I just thought, I actually go, I don't know what to do in that regard. Like all I, like my kids love Duplo and that's sort of our, always our go-to and, yeah. and things, but you can really see how parents doubt themselves in mm. the interactions of that play with kids. Oh, for sure. And I think like all those, well, I call them super mums out there that have all the time to create all these sensory play, you know, different activities. Not every, like it is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but we don't always have time to do those sorts of things. So I believe in just having a few toys at home. I'm quite a minimalist. So just having a few toys and learning to do multiple things with the same toy and allowing your child to to be creative and imagine and problem solve and figure out, oh, I can do this with the toy, but I can also do this and I can also do this. It really helps their imagination. And imagination is so important for language development and, yeah, thinking out of the box. 
blocks and yeah, problem solving, like I said. So, and like one other thing that I find is that I think if you have too many toys in the room, it can really overwhelm a child, not only the parent, but the child too. Like their focus just goes when there's too many toys around them. And they don't, you're not encouraging them to think for themselves. Like they use one toy in one way, they go to the next toy and use it another way, go to the next toy, go to the next toy. So yeah, less, like you said, less is definitely more when it comes to toys. And how, if you're as a parent lacking in, I wouldn't say lacking, but low in confidence about some of that interaction with your child, what are some hints and tips that you've got to support parents and building up their confidence about also interacting not only with their child, but also with the environment they're in and then how to, I guess, support them in facilitating that play. Because there's also a lot of, as you said, imagination and language development that can really then come not only from the toys that that child's playing with, but also the interaction coming between parent and child. For sure. So number one, limit your time on social media. (laughs) Um, Give yourself a certain amount of time because there's the amount of, you know, different Instagrammers out there with different play ideas. It can be quite overwhelming. Don't overthink what you're doing with your child. And one of the main things is to observe, wait and listen. I call it owling. So it's from the Hannon program, if any of the listeners have heard of that. But observe, like I think lots of parents want to jump in and ask lots and lots of questions and put lots of pressure on themselves to almost test their child. But the important thing is to hold back and wait. So observing your child, waiting for them to start the interaction with you, listening to what they have to say, and then responding. Because if you do jump in too soon, it can also put that pressure on a child to always be responding responding and answering you. So that would be my main tip for a parent, just learning to sit back a little bit more. And I think if your child feels that you're stressed, they can often become a bit stressed as well and feel like they need to achieve something that they can't do yet or yeah and try not to compare with those peers around them as well because every child does develop at their own rate every child's different and uh, definitely (laughs) every toy is different and is there ways in terms of interacting with toys that parents can facilitate some of that engagement or just letting obviously the children maybe even direct it as well but is it also parents talking about the toys and and how can they support that development of the child through toys? Yeah, sure. So it's important to let your child lead the play, but it's up to you to also, you can comment on what they're doing. For example, if your child is jumping with a little person, you can say, oh, the man is jumping, you know, commenting rather than taking over the play, you know, expanding on their language. So if they say, you know, it's a man. You can say, it's a tall man. So expanding, adding something to their language as well. And, you know, in terms of vocabulary development, just modeling new words to them. So, for example, if they, you know, talk about their, their man being t- small, you might say, oh, small and it's tiny, you know, giving them other words to describe what they're, what they're playing with is really great. And also one thing I'd highly recommend is parents always feel the need to correct their child, whether it's the grammar or the sentence structure. But I would also suggest that parents hold back back because it might not be developmentally appropriate yet. And if we're constantly correcting our children, 
yeah, again, it does put a lot of pressure on them. So rather than correcting, just modeling it in the correct way, repeating what they've said so they don't feel that pressure. Yeah. Great tip. Great tip. And how can, what role do you see with toys in the overall developments? Obviously you've just started Toy Cycle, which there's also an, an, an ethical and a sustainable part to your business. But obviously you've seen through your role as well, the importance of toys in, in a child's development. What way do you see this and how important do you see toys? And are there, I put in inverted commas here, good toys and then some others mm. not so good? Like are there, are there differences that can certainly help our children? Yeah, so in terms of, I guess, good versus not so good, like I generally look for toys when I was selecting toys for Toy Cycle. I looked for toys that you could use in a variety of ways. So I find I usually don't go for toys that you can only use in one way. Yeah, I guess from a sustainable point of view and from a language development point of view, like in problem solving and creativity, you want to try and pick toys that can be used in a variety of ways. And I guess toys are so important like you don't need you don't need a huge amount of toys but all kids need some toys to help facilitate the language development so parents don't have time you know you know heaps of time to sit with their children constantly and do sensory activities and all that sort of thing so children do need a little bit of toys but not a crazy amount but helps children with their imagination and creativity so it's good to have some toys but you don't need you know a crazy amount of toys it adds clutter and also it doesn't help with children's language development to have too many so yeah it's definitely important to have some I've heard it multiple times about the overwhelming of too many toys like what happens if you've got too many toys and obviously it's overwhelming but how does that also then not support language development yeah sure so I guess like I said earlier like if a child's not focused it's hard for them to develop language if they're not paying attention. So if there's too many toys, their focus goes out the window and therefore language goes out the window. So having less toys allows them to develop their imagination, creativity and develop their receptive and expressive language. But having too many can just overwhelm them. And therefore, they skip from one toy to the next, to the next, to the next, and don't give one toy a really good go before moving on to the next toy. Yeah, and having that concentration as well. Yeah, yeah, because we all know concentration is so important for gaining language. So, yeah, Yeah. tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything more that you want to add in terms of the interrelation of toy interaction with parent and child in the overall, not only relationship, but also in development aspects and attributes of that child? For sure. I would just say in terms of, in terms of language development, I feel like there's so many different opinions out there. And I would always say to a parent, go with your gut. If you feel like your child, you know, if you feel like your child's behind, if you feel like they're not reaching their milestones, it's always good to get peace of mind and seek assistance. Seek, go to the Speech Pathology Australia website, look at the milestones, check where your child's at. And if, because if you feel stressed, your child's going to feel stressed as well. They'll be able to, they'll feel that pressure. So rather than just sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting and feeling uncomfortable about the situation and stress, just seek a second opinion. Just make, make sure everything's on the right track. Because like I said, early intervention is really important. 
that's one thing that I'd yeah leave everyone with really important note. Sensational. And is there anything else you want to add just in terms of speech development? I know we could talk forever on it, but also just around toys and play and also that interaction between parents and child. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I think that's, yeah, that's everything. Fantastic. What do you do, Kobe, to fill your cup? To fill my cup, I start every day with meditation. I use a great app. It's called One Giant Mind. And I feel like that really sets me up really very well for the rest of the day. So I'd recommend everyone to jump to that app. It's really good. And I also swim at the pool and I find that very meditative, meditative as well. And I try to eat as healthy as I can. So yeah, that's my self-care, I'd say. Sensational. And so where can people find more about Toy Cycle and also yourself? So jump onto Google and type in toycycle.com.au. There's a bunch of information there about Toycycle and what we do and the services we can provide. Great for, you know, gifts. Gift, uh, if you don't want to get a child just another toy for their birthday, it's good to give them a few toys for a few months, a bit of a rotation. And you can also jump on Instagram, I'm toycycle.aus if you want to find out more that way as well. And yeah, that's how they can find out more sensational well thank you so much Kobe for your time and best wishes uh, for the development of Toy Cycle which we're recording this at the start of February 2022 and so definitely it's only just launched so definitely get on it and support sustainable toy rotation and gift giving because we always know there's way too much plastic in this world and we can become a lot more efficient in the way that we use a number of our resources so what an amazing effort that you've done to set something up and um, wish you all the best in the future thanks so much Karina all the best have a great day okay you too bye Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.